ransomware gang may have ties to Russia. I was like, really guys, they may have ties to Russia. Oh, breaking news, hackers exist in Russia tonight at 10. Uh, welcome to another episode of Bourbon and Data Breaches, where we cover five of the most interesting data breaches of the last week and one of our favorite bourbons. I'm Steve. Michael. Mickey. Shoe. Miguel. Great. Uh, well, Nikki, did anything interesting happen this week? Many things happened in the past week, and let's dive into the first topic. Headline reads, Fujifilm shuts down network after suspected ransomware attack. Fujifilm is investigating a ransomware attack and has shut down portions of its network to prevent the attack spread. This is as of, I believe it was Tuesday, a couple days ago. What do you guys think? So this I saw was re-evil. So they're still crushing it. So did they have a an amount? Did they say how much it was going to take to get back online? Did did not see an amount. I saw the article said it was re-evil or one of the re-evil affiliates. A subsidiary. Uh, they they have a affiliate program. If you are a hacker, you can sign up to be a re-evil affiliate and then you do profit share. <laughs> do they also help you hide after the fact? Or is it just like, hey, if you're if you're gonna be taking on this uh, you know, this software? They, they do all the technology. So they provide ransomware as a service plus services built on top, right? They're a services company essentially. And then they have affiliates that are hackers that are out there infected. If they got any closer to actually being a franchise, they would serve waffle fries and close on Sundays. They're like this close. I think franchise takes less than Reevil takes. I think Reevil takes like 80%. They take, I think they take a lot. A lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, is Reevil there? Are they actually doing anything these days or are they fully transitioned to ransom? Or as a service? Yes. <laughs> so I think they, uh, I think they largely go through their affiliates uh, for uh, infiltration, but I still see lots of postings on their disclosure site, which may be the OG re-evil game. So it's, it's a little unclear. Unfortunately, they don't file uh, schedule like S1s with the SEC so we can see what's going on internally. Maybe they should. Right. Some transparency. In this. Yeah, I mean, they should really be having a shareholder meeting and yeah. record that. And, you know, the market needs to know. I, I right. Know, yeah. The original, the, the OG gang have kids by now. They're probably picking them up and dropping them off from hockey practice, chasing the wolves off the steps, whatever they do, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a ransomware heavy uh, week that we talk about because we've just seen all the gangs. It's a ransomware heavy year. The, all the gangs are back. The, the boys are back in town and they're, they're hacking. So um, I don't even remember who they hacked, but, you know, it's Re-Evil. So Miguel, what are your thoughts on Re-Evil? So I, I think that that's probably... We could say the Lady Gaga of the hacker teams, or I don't know, some some I don't know the weekend of the hacker teams. Like the popularity that. is really, really at its all-time high. I would say. 
They, they are the funniest of the ransomware gangs, that's for sure. Topic number two, it is from Reuters. The headline reads, US says ransomware attack on meatpacker JVS likely from Russia. No. I take that personal. I, 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 I see attacking a meatpacker as personal. That, yeah, that really touches my heart. Fine. <laughs> you want to interrupt the flow of gasoline to the Eastern seaboard? Fine. But you start fucking That's that fine. And you've gone too far. And brisket? Yep. I mean, God forbid there's a shortage of brisket in Texas. Texas is one brisket shortage away from a revolution. I thought this was interesting because this kind of touches on everything. I was looking at another uh, site that talked about this, and it was uh, so JBS is, a, is actually a Brazilian company that owns meatpacking and, and processing plants uh, in the US. And so US, the US plants were affected and US processing was affected, but the parent company was attacked first. And actually they got entry uh, through some sort of partner of theirs. So it wasn't even like a direct US attack. It was some small company in Brazil that got attacked and it reverberated up to, uh, up to American meatpacking production. So well, the weirdest thing is they typically have a very smooth operation, but third-party risk hits everyone alike. It's yeah, it's definitely a third-party risk, and it was. Uh, it sounds like it was a situation where the attackers got into one one entity, and they said, "Oh, here's another one. Oh, here's another one." Oh, so, yep. Very supply chain. Sounds very similar to Target, right? Tar Target. Right got hacked through an HVAC company, just a small little regional HVAC. And the only thing that's changed here is how you monetize that kind of infiltration, right? You're not actually after the credit card numbers that you can sell the data. What you're after is, is ransomware as a way to demand a much higher price for the same level of compromise directly from the company or greater compromise depending on the type of ransomware. Could, could have been even more damaging for Target because could you imagine every Target point of sale system being locked down for days? They, they would lose oh, yeah. millions. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this definitely could have been a lot worse for meat in the US. I, I found this article to be laughable because it's like the ransomware gang may have ties to Russia. I was like, really guys, they may have ties to Russia. Oh, breaking news, hackers exist in Russia tonight at 10. Um, and then it was like Biden was gonna reprimand like Putin. It was like, oh, that's gonna go well, yeah. So of course Russia commented and said they had no knowledge whatsoever of any criminal activity happening in their country, so. We're shocked. We're shocked that this has happened. Today we have a bourbon break, and it's a special bourbon break because it's a Shoe Chow bourbon break. Uh, Leopold Brothers straight bourbon whiskey. Uh, we are looking at 50 proof, uh, which is very interesting, aged four years, which was more than two years. Um, 50 proof, um, I can't remember last time I had a 50 proof. Uh, so it's a little more than the standard 47 and a little less than the overproof 52, 54. So maybe it'll hit a very, very interesting sweet spot. I'm looking forward to trying it. Leopold brothers are in Colorado. Um, uh, I actually know of Leopold brothers from 
Uh, it's been a while since I've had any of their products, but they kind of, I believe they started um, through their gin products. And last, uh, yeah, this is the product I've had before. They kind of got famous. I believe they kind of got famous from uh, this Navy Strength American Gin. It was a fantastic gin. I really enjoyed this gin back in the day, um, but it's been a while since I've had it. So uh, 2012, yeah, that's actually around the last time I had it. So um, I knew they had expanded into other products. I knew that they had made a bourbon. So um, yeah, I'm excited to give it a try. I did, uh, I haven't I'd seen around for, for a while, actually, I had to get my friend in Denver to go to distillery, buy me that gin and send it to me to try. So uh, I'm excited that they've expanded their distribution network uh, to Washington. So let's see, uh, we've got, actually this is 45, 90 proof here. What's the deal? Oh, this is a cast can selected by Total Wine and more Washington. So this is a little more, this might be a special release for Total Wine in Washington. 64% corn and 21% barley, 15% um, rye. So this should be interesting. Not as much corn as I would uh, expect from bourbon, but we'll just barely enough for it to be called bourbon. With the 15% rye, I'd expect it to have some good spice on it. Yeah, yeah. So this uh, this should be a very, very interesting, especially with the proof. So. Well, so so this is uh, you've not tried this yet, right? You know? I have never tried this. I I opened it for the first time here on Bourbon Day of Breaches. So we're we're having so, uh, a blind tasting. So uh, completely blind. Yes, completely blind tasting. We don't know how this how this will go. Uh, barrel number six eighty three. I have high hopes in it because they, Leopold has made quality products before. They have not done me wrong. So, so all right, now it's open. What what do you smell? Like like immediately? It's not a very strong smell. Mm. Um, it's interesting. Uh, it is a darker color than a lot of the bourbons we reviewed before. So it is a little bit darker. I'm pouring it. Look look look. Still not a very strong smell, but man, this is, um, I like this. I like this a lot. Definitely a lot of spice forward, a little bit of a strong sweetness that goes away very quickly. Um, I get a lot of fruitiness from it more than, uh, more than caramel or sugar or any of the standard bourbon flavors. Um, yeah, I would say it's a, it's a, it's a pretty heavy and fruity flavor. I, Man, this is A+. Plus. Um, I like it. Good job, Leopold Brothers. You have not done me wrong. Do you get any rye spice on it with that 15% uh, of the mash bill? I definitely get rye spice from this. Yeah, it is a, it is a little bit spicy. Um, the burn is, um, the burn is, again, just perfect. There's some burn in there. Uh, not a ton, not overwhelming. Doesn't make your mouth uh, feel painful so um yeah it's 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 very it's a very very fun bourbon i've uh, wow leopold brothers i'm impressed um retail price i paid 
let's see, it was the label was sixty-five dollars mm. at total wine, and of course, like God knows how much in Washington state taxes. Um, is it worth it? Yeah, I, I actually I think it is. I'm I think this is like a party in a bottle. So nice. That is high praise from a very tough critic. Yes. I know, right? Xu Chow actually likes something. That's it must be a blue moon. Jupiter's in retrograde. Jupiter is in retrograde and AMC is going to the moon. So and that's been our bourbon break. Topic number three we'll be covering comes from NBC New York. Headline reads, MTA hacked an April cyber attack, employee, customer info not compromised. So I think a point of clarification, they don't know that rider information wasn't compromised. They are saying there's no evidence of compromise. That's very, very big difference there. When you've been hacked, you don't know what the hacker got access to. And so if they're, if they're already doing password resets, they know that some login information was exposed. Um, I think that uh, this may be a bigger deal than they're letting on. Um, because how many millions of people give their information over willingly to the MTA? A lot. This, this story might as well be called uh, Ransomware Causes MTA Service Interruptions Nobody Notices. <laughs> Mike, as a fellow customer of MTA, um, I'm actually kind of surprised that, uh, that it wasn't a bigger deal. So I guess good on them for that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is the type of story that we're going to keep hearing about over the next few years. Be like, oh, by the way, it turns out hackers stole everything. And they've continued to exist in our systems for years. I, I don't expect this to go away. Um, does MTA even have a cyber team? Like, how? I'm sure they do. Okay, but... The, I don't know. This this seems seems like a weird story. It was not ransomware. Are, are, are you insinuating that public sector doesn't take security as seriously as private sector? I'm I'm insinuating that this story made it seem like the shop was being unmanned, and uh, they're like, "Whoops, a daisy," and they're like, "We're gonna reset some passwords. Everything's okay." Now, what was listed in the article was a zero-day vulnerability. Yeah, so someone was already in there. It, I don't know, maybe it was article spin. It, it did seem like, um, a, the, yes, the problem was that they weren't aware that someone is, was in there, but maybe it was article spin, but it did say that uh, I did get the sense that they reacted pretty quickly um, once they found out. But uh, yeah, it sounds like they could have done more to prevent that from, from happening. Um, it sounds like there were three proprietary homegrown MTA systems that were affected and infiltrated. So if you think about it, three systems infiltrated is a fair amount of systems. I mean, it's th three systems here, so it's nothing to laugh at. I'm sure they had digital transformation plans for those systems set for 2024, so it's really not on them, is it? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. These are probably COBOL systems. Uh, so it's impressive that the hackers knew COBOL to get in there. No. Well, I would say, what are the odds of 
a hacker hacking something and not getting any information. I mean, unless it's a white hat hacker doing some sort of exercise with prior knowledge, maybe, or consent. But I, I wouldn't sleep easy. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. I got my system hacked and there was no allegedly indication of any information being stolen. Uh, it doesn't work like that. At the same time, think about what private sector cares about, right? It's it, the private sector cares about reputational damage. You know, I, the MTA is not worried about reputational damage. What are they going to do? Piss people off? No, but but Miguel's right. They've got into three systems. I mean, they got some data here. If you, if you got into three systems, you probably got into at least six, and uh, each of those are probably powered by a database. So who knows what they have? Sure, I can see that. I wish I could see it. Now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on to topic number four. Headliner is script notifying 147,000 people about data breach tied to cyber attack. They're still, you know, they're still in an investigation, so uh, they can't release too much information. It's not like it's all their fault, um, but they are notifying people as soon as they can and, and then taking the steps to where those affected users can do something about it. What is the thing they can I don't know the steps, but they're doing credit monitoring. They said less than 2.5% of their user base was actually affected. So for those that were affected, they'll have credit, free credit monitoring. For the 97.5 that weren't ah. affected, there's nothing. And they know definitively that hackers didn't see any of those 97.5. Like bulletproof servers for those 97.5, but like other servers for the 2.5. They didn't say that in here, but I'm going to guess that they implied it. Mm -hmm. If you've had all of your medical information stolen from a company called Scripps, uh, guess what? You need ID theft protection for life. And that's what businesses really should be. Doing. I mean, if I were a hacker, I would start waiting for that. If I stole somebody's identity on March 31st, 2021, by April Fool's Day, 2022, is when I would actually launch my attack because that's when their free credit monitoring would wear off. Well, we've seen hackers steal so much information that it can take them more than a year to just sell your data. Like, there's so much data. I'm assuming this is medical data. There's so much medical data for sale in, in black markets that like they'll get to you eventually, but they're in no rush to sell your medical information. Well, you know what, Stephen, you really should have thought of that before you had a birthday. Right. And, and it's not like you can, first off, ID theft protection does not protect your medical records. There's no protection currently for your medical records. And if someone changes your medical records, uh, you have no way of knowing. The only way is to periodically get paper copies and compare, and you can also die. There's always that option, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, changing your medical records could, could change your blood type and could end mm -hmm. up making you die. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the consequence of medical identity theft is death. Yeah. I, yeah I, this... I have a medical allergy to certain kinds of anesthesia. If you pretend to be me, and you change that record and say you no longer have that allergy and forge it and then have surgery yourself and I need emergency surgery, you know, I might die. Right. Yeah. The this article, I believe, says that uh, it was uh, 
social security numbers and driver's license and or driver's license numbers. Uh, you guys, y'all are right though. This is like social security number and driver's license numbers. That's not the biggest gain from this, this, uh, this theft at all. Uh, scripts, I believe, I believe the bread and butter is actually in prescriptions. So um, anything else about you is probably released. Uh, any kind of STD medication you have to take uh, is, is out there. So I'm, I'm still blown away about the, what you guys mentioned, the, the medical records. I mean, yeah, that could, that is potentially lethal. I mean, not that any other hacking, it's a walk in the park by no means at all, but that's probably the worst that could happen, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, we, I, and we still have no solution for it. Like literally none. There, there is no medical identity protection in existence. Well, that's a gap we should aim to cover at some point. How can you? With, with HIPAA, you, you can't share any information with anyone. Oh. The, the regulations are built to prevent the information from being shared, but not stolen. Which luckily the hackers respect. And so they once they have stolen it, they only keep it to themselves and they definitely don't transfer it to anybody else. So that's really nice of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if there's a law-abiding person, that would be a hacker. Yeah, maybe we should add to HIPAA. This means you hackers. You cannot share this information with other hackers. Yeah. Well, that, that works on websites. You just say it's illegal to hack this site, and the hackers are like, damn. Right. Okay. Try to find someone else. Okay, last topic of the day. Topic number five. It comes from uh, Alaska Public, and the headline reads, more than 11,000 people's personal information released in APD data leak. Otherwise known as entire state of Alaska's information leaked. Yeah, so this is Anchorage. Uh, but since 2019, 11,402 people have had their birth dates and driver's license numbers published accidentally due to a glitch in the Anchorage Police Department record system, which they announced uh, on Wednesday. And then uh, Captain Sean Case uh, said to the department, uh, he basically said, for lack of a better word, there's a toggle switch, there's a box you check on that that has public transport uh, public traffic collision report that redacted and that box or that toggle switch was unchecked this whole time. So that's how all this information was uh, accidentally left open for anybody to see. Uh, so it's not always just bad people looking to do bad things to take your stuff. Sometimes it's just a box or a toggle switch. Sometimes it's dumb people looking to do dumb things with a box. So my so does that I don't my my favorite quote from this article is there are so many great quotes from this article. I guess it's fair to say that we are all enjoying that Leopold Brothers. <laughs> With money from bond proposition that passed in April, the department is planning to purchase a new system, but Case said it likely won't be online before the end of the year. Like software engineers know what they're doing in 2021 versus 2006 like just because you have a new system is not going to solve things well, as a software engineer has been in this business for a while we luckily, barely the system has it set on 
Yeah. This is that's spot on. There's not a single hacker involved in this story. There's a whole lot of people filling out forms wrong. If the consequence of filling out a form wrong is my identity stolen, uh, that's not okay. But it's right. Not even a lot of people. There's like a few people with Alaska Public um, Department of Public Service or something that I feel just like, allowed that to, to be exposed. I feel like if, if I legally have to give a cop my information, then they legally have to safeguard it. And if they don't, there should be a consequence. I have opinions on that, but we'll save that for later for B-roll. No, let's hear this. Let's hear this. Let's hear the Xu Chow, uh, what's it? Uh, sovereign citizen rant. The police are not obligated to help you in any way. This was determined by an appellate court decision. You have to protect yourself. <laughs> from hackers and bad guys what about people that the DC, the, it was that dc case i'm thinking it was weller but weller's might be the bourbon so weller's was, but just because it's 2021 and you're using like react instead of jquery that's not going to save your homegrown app or some app you bought off the shelf software engineers still do not know what they're doing especially front-end developers i just want to see you touch your as, as a sovereign citizen i deny your request and i demand to see your warrant <laughs> my name is Xu chow and you you hold no power over me and i do not believe in your react framework this has been an episode of Bourbon and Data Breaches. If you like what you saw today, please like, comment, and subscribe. If you hated everything you saw today, then please argue with those other people in the comment section. If you have a bourbon or a breach you would like us to cover, please contact us at contact at hacknotice.com. If you've watched until now, your lucky numbers are 24, 17, 7, 6, and 34. If you work for the Leopold Brothers distillery or distribution, you might want to the font on the police drink responsibly. We're, we need probably at least uh, a 16 point at least. Or release a cast strength, you know, either put people out or keep them up. So I just might die if you did that. Until next time.